for me, I've been very vocal about who I want. Um, you know, that being AP, um, and it's for a reason, you know, I've, I've been a part of a lot of turnover, a lot of change. Um, and I want, I want to keep building off of what we've done. You know, it wasn't perfect. We went five and four, but we were in every, we were in every single game. And, um, you know, just to break that up and start from square one again, like, you know, that's something that I'm not interested in. I want to keep building up what we're doing because we have something special going. And I know the guys in the locker room feel the exact same way. So if I got to be the bad guy and say, evoke, you know, be public <laughs> about it, then so be it. But I just want to win. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Chasing It here in the 3013. Trey Wingo with Chase Daniel. And Chase, we've had the wild card weekend now, super wild card weekend, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's out of the way. Um, I, before we go anywhere, now we're headed to what I believe is the best weekend of the entire football year. Yes. I think Championship Sunday is the best Sunday. I think it's better than the Super Bowl. But in terms of the entire weekend, nothing beats the divisional round because you have the best teams yeah. that get there. Yeah. The best teams that deserve to be there are there, and you get two games on Saturday. Two games on Sunday. To me, it is the best weekend of the entire football year. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like this week sort of drug out because of the the postponement of the Bills game that got moved. Now there were two on Saturday, two Sunday, two Monday. I'm sitting around watching like TV and football for three straight days. And my wife's like, "Are you gonna move and help out?" I'm like, "No, I nope. gotta stay glued to it." So it was yeah. it was answer, a great the answer weekend. is no. Yeah, yeah. The the answer is no. And and I mean, dude, it's it, I I agree. Like when I was a player. Um, we got to the division round three or four times, and it was always getting that first win, right on yeah. on Super Wild Card Weekend or Wild Card Weekend. You, they should Whatever start calling it Super Wild Card Blowout Weekend because they were yeah. all horrible except one game. Um, yeah. But I remember getting to that round. First of all, the players are about fifty to sixty thousand dollars richer. So once yeah. you get that first first check, it's like awesome, and then you know it gives you a little motivation, and then you're saying, hey, like there's only there's only freaking four teams left on our side of the, of the conference. And you're like, right. All you got to do is win one. And then it's championship Sunday. And then it just like, so you just really, that first win sort of propels teams to it. And, and, you know, I always said, I don't like buys. I know you, you, you go all year long to get that one buy, which they switch to, and you're looking at Ravens 49ers and you look at some of these teams like Texans, Ravens, I know we'll get into it, but like I'm just saying, like Texans are rolling right now, and they're going in to yeah. Baltimore against a team that's set. And so I think it's fun from that aspect, and it's just it's dude, it's the best time of the year. Like like I love I love I playoff football. I do too. All right, so let's start with the final game of the Wild Card Weekend or Super Wild Card Weekend, Super Happy Terrific Fun Ball Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles go down to Tampa and just get the shit kicked out of them. Right? Let, let's just be honest about it. They absolutely got destroyed. I think their only third down conversion was on a penalty in this yeah. game. Yeah, absolutely get blown out. It was bad. Chase, this is a team that was ten and one. They were ten and one. They're the first team in NFL history to start 10-1 and not win at least 12 games. They lost 5-6 down the stretch of the season, and they get blown out in the wild card round to a team of Tampa who played great, will give them their flowers, yeah. but needed to win 9 nothing against the Panthers in the <laughs> final week of the regular season to claim the division title at 9-8. and eight. We'll get to Tampa in a minute. This is an epic collapse by the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and I think that people are finally understanding. Look, they started 10-1. Their schedule was sort of soft. And 
lost a lot down the stretch and just their defense the last seven games was giving up 31 points a game. Jalen Hurts is the worst defense, uh, worst quarterback in all of football in terms of when he faces the pressure of uh, blitz percentage. And I just think I'd liken it to man, like you lose both your coordinators and yeah. that's what it comes down to. Look, they did not get enough out of Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, all you wanted. I think the losses of Shane Steichen, I think the loss of Jonathan Gannon to Arizona are huge. And when that, when that happens, it, I know people are saying, Hey, look, it's all about, um, the players, but eventually you got to put some onus on the coaching staff. And that's where I come back to Nick Sirianni, Trey, like the job of a coach, especially if you're in the role of a CEO type coach, you can't just be rah, rah. You can't be like just a guy that just motivates. You have to be able to create stuff. And he didn't create anything. He, I thought he hired poorly when he, he just promoted from within for the offensive coordinator. I thought Sean Desai was a great um, hire because I was with him. I, I liked what he did. It didn't work out. And so that onus falls on, on Nick. And with all these coaches, right, it's a coaching carousel. You got to imagine that there's going to be some really, really interesting conversations with him and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie in the coming days. Well, look, it, it, that's just part of it, okay? We don't know what's going to happen with Lane Johnson. We don't know what's going to happen with Jason Kelsey. You know, he said this might be his last season. He said it might be his last season last year. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen with guys like uh, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. I mean, we're talking about a team that might need to hit the detonate button when it's all said and done. And, and I know this sounds crazy on some level. Nick Sirianni has been a coach for three years in the NFL as a head coach. He's taken his team to the playoffs every year. He got to the Super Bowl and was Patrick Mahomesy in a way from winning a Super Bowl. If yeah. Patrick Mahomes doesn't exist, the Eagles have won their second Super Bowl. And now there's the realistic chance that he may not have a job next year. How realistic do you believe that is? I mean, if it was anybody else other than Howie Roseman, I'd say there's no way. But it's Howie Roseman. The dude is always looking to get better. No one's job is safe. I don't care who you are. The dude's always trading for people. You look at Bill Belichick. You look at Jim Harbaugh. You better believe that they are having conversations with these guys, maybe back-channeling, and they're going to have some really interesting discussions. I, th I think it is real, and it's unfortunate because Philly has been really good. But ultimately, like yeah. you said, in the town of Philadelphia, where these fans want Super Bowl or nothing, like – the, I, I tweeted out like heads are going to roll if they lose this game. Yeah. If they finish with not even 12 wins, like you, the first team in NFL history, like when you said that stat, I was like, what is happening? They were 10 and one on December the 3rd and they're out of the playoffs after an early exit. And that's the worst thing. And the thing is Jalen hurts. Didn't even have a season ending injury. You see this sometimes with well, teams that lose well, their quarterback, but, but, but to be fair, to be fair to him, he hasn't been right since September, right? Like they should I have guarantee him. you were Yes, I guarantee you. Well, David Carr said that on the NFL network and almost yes. got eviscerated. But look um, at him now. I, I, right. No, no, he, he no, he's a mess. Like that knee hasn't been right since September. So he didn't suffer a season ending knee injury, but he he hasn't been right since the middle of October. What do you think about his stoic stoic um demeanor on the sideline? Like did you see the did you see the uh Dallas Goddard I think he is, interaction? I, I think he no. is who he is. And if you want to me that's, that's who Jalen Hurts is. A lot. But it's, that's dumb to me, okay? Here's yeah. why I think that's dumb. Because what you're then saying is, hey, man, for you to be the best teammate you can be, you should be something you're not, which I think yeah. is total f 
fucking bullshit, okay? Like, the thing about Eli Manning that I loved about him, that why he survived in New York, because everyone knew he was a quiet guy. Everyone knew yep. he wasn't a... If he had tried to be that guy, people would have been like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Why are you faking it? So I have yeah. no problems with Jalen Hurts' demeanor because that's who he was when he was taking them to the Super Bowl. That's who he was when he got that contract. So if he yep. changes that now, that's, that's bogus. That's bullshit to me. So I think yeah. that's, a, that's a ridiculous... In my opinion, that's a ridiculous point for people to bring up. Yeah, and, th and this, what you just answered and what I just asked... That is, as soon as the Eagles started losing, every reporter in Philadelphia was starting to dig. Hey, the, yeah. the Kelsey brothers, the, the demeanor of Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni's lost the team, Nick Sirianni needs to do, all this stuff starts to come out. And that's how, sort of how it was. Listen, when I was there in 2016, the guys didn't always stick together when times were... Yeah. We're good or tough. And well, so uh, when, it's winning's just the an ultimate deodorant. Thing. Yeah. Winning, winning's yeah. the ultimate yeah. deodorant. You'll put up with anything as long as you're winning. Like Carson Wentz <laughs> is the that. same annoying guy when, he, when they were winning as opposed to he is when they were losing. But when you're winning, you don't give a shit that he's annoying because you're winning. And then when you're losing, everything he does pisses you off. Like that's everything just the way out. it is. That's the way it is. You will deal with anything as long as you're winning. But the moment you lose, the way you put on your hat pisses off your teammates. The way you scratch your beard pisses <laughs> off your teammates. So that changes everything. And, yeah. and let's be honest, and we'll get to more of this later. It certainly doesn't help Sirianni's cause that arguably the greatest coach in the history of the game is out there. Right? He's out Ooh, there. Are you right? talking about he, Bill Belichick? That is correct. <laughs> I, I, I think in, in, another, in another world... Where Bill Belichick wasn't one of the coaches available, yeah. I'm not so sure Nick Sirianni is really something to worry about. But Howie yeah. Roseman, Howie Roseman does not put up with shit, and Howie Roseman takes big swings. Whether it was Julio Jones, Bayard, the trade this year, he will take his swings. Yeah. So you better believe that guy is going to get Belichick's phone number if he doesn't have it already and have a conversation. Yeah, I think this comes down to if Belichick wants a job, he'll get it. If he doesn't, I think you stick with Nick Sirianni. But I guarantee you Nick Sirianni is going to be forced to fire both coordinators. Or really well, three Matt, if you think about it. What has Matt Patricia, Patricia and, done? And yeah. um, like Sean Desai. But the Brian yeah. Johnson thing, I, I think you've got to re-sort of start that. You do, like you said, great point. A lot of older veteran players on high cap numbers. I think you've got yeah. to go young at those positions. I think they've drafted well. They're always going to be aggressive in free agency. They're always going to be aggressive in the trade market. Um, and you've got to find a way to get back and come together. Because at 10-1, and 1, look, we were talking about them possibly being – uh, the person to to go to like San Fran and to beat them, yeah. and now yeah. uh, that that narrative and at the end of November is like, well, my gosh, they they went down to Tampa, and yeah. I picked Tampa to win. I'm you not going to say in our text you chain did. who picked two, but I just I felt like it was more I so. Yeah, and I just felt like it was more so when I picked Tampa. It was more so that it wasn't about Baker and the Bucks because he balled out. It was about we'll get to that in a their second. defense. We'll in it second. was about the defense yeah. of Philly. They can't tackle. It about, it's dude. It was. It's, they it's cannot awful. tackle. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Like I've never. I've played football for a really long time, Trey. I don't know if I've seen a worse tackling secondary uh, in yeah. all of football and all of my time than I did tonight. I mean, so many missed tackles and these, they're throwing hitches and like, yeah. like shallow crosses and you can't make tackles. They turn these into 52 and a 46 yard touchdown. It's just, it, it's just bad, man.
All right, before we move on to Tampa, because we need to give them their flowers, I think this is a legitimate question that our producer, Chinch, brought up. And Chinch, we're giving you your credit here. Way to go, Chinch. Bigger collapse, Philadelphia or Dallas, go. Because I think we disagree here. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say Philly. And Why? the reason for me, they were 10 and 1, quite quite honestly talked about as probably the best team in the NFC, NFC. And now the way they lose, they barely sneak into the playoffs, they get embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a 9-win team, and then you go start going through this option of what happens next year in their squad and it just doesn't look good. Like it almost it, it almost ended a sort of like a Super Bowl window for them, it seems, with both coordinators gone. Look, and when you go to the Dallas side, for me, you're you're a you're that squad top to bottom is loaded. They are loaded. You are one head coach and two coordinators away from being great. So that's why I think Philly for me. And and what you just said is why I'm gonna pick Dallas. They should have won. Yeah. They were the first team in the in the reconfigured playoff system to to allow a seven seed, uh, the 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 Packers yeah. led by Jordan Love, who balled out by the way to Good win. Baller. Dallas had the momentum. They had gotten the two seed. They had done what they unlike Philadelphia, which just collapsed five or six yeah. losses in the regular season, they getting blown out. They did what they had to do. After a setback in Miami, they found a way to win, although somewhat controversially, over the Lions. And then they go on the road and do they did the thing to lock down the two seed. They had all the momentum. They were playing great. And as my good friend Mark Smith likes to say, they shit in their helmets one more time in the postseason. <laughs> they, they have the this is the longest run in in I think in the Super Bowl era to not make it back to not get out of the divisional round. Uh, they had they won 16 straight games at home. Yeah. They had they averaged they had the best home record in the NFL. The only team to go undefeated at home. They averaged more points per game than any other team at home. They averaged more yards per game than anybody other team in the NFL at home. And they had the best turnover differential at home, plus ten. And they absolutely pooped their pants. So for yep. me, it was the Cowboys absolutely being the Cowboys. To me, that was a much bigger yeah. collapse because Philadelphia, we saw it coming. They were doing this down the stretch. Yeah. Dallas yep. was going here, and the playoffs came, and they played scared. Playoff Dak, man, two and five in the playoffs, right? Like not yeah. not good. Has never um, Look at his numbers. won forget, a divisional forget wins and losses. He's never forget won a divisional losses. round yeah. game, though. He's yeah. never forget won a divisional round losses. game. Forget wins and losses. I don't believe wins and losses are quarterback stat. Just look at his data. Look at the numbers. He yeah. played terrible. He's played yeah. terrible a lot in the postseason. Okay, with yeah. all that being said, we have to give credit to Tampa Bay because these two yeah. teams played early in the season, and it wasn't much of a contest. And you have to give credit to Todd Bowles. Uh, who, who figured out a way to, to hold that down. And yes, I got it. A.J. Brown was hurt, and then Julio Jones got hurt, so they were limited offensively, Philadelphia was. But they were in full attack mode from game one yeah. and for play one, and Baker Mayfield balled his ass out. Dude, it, it, like the story for me is, is obviously that defense, I get it. They played really well. They, yeah. they pressure. They do some really unique stuff, and that's sort of how Bowles' DNA is on defense. They do some unique things, some unique pressures that puts a lot of – onus on the offensive line and the quarterback to to get protections corrected and that is something that Jalen Hurts has done like not at all the entire year like he's been the worst quarterback in all the league against the blitz and so Bowles was like well we're gonna blitz you they blitzed them 60 percent of the time in week three I think they might have surpassed that number um then, uh, now but you go to the other side of the ball and Baker Mayfield 
on multiple accounts. Dave Canales has Baker Mayfield playing the best ball in his six or seven year career that he's ever played. And I love the fact that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman hit on this. And I think it's super important to talk about here is look, Baker is a, a very, let's, how do you say a confident guy or some, some would say cocky guy. And he is very, very confident in the way he plays and what he does. And he even said, look, when I first got into the league, I was told to turn that confidence level down, not to be myself. And when he went to LA, I think, I guess last year or two, whenever he went to LA, he was told by Sean McVay, Hey, look, dude, there's five games left. Be whoever you are. We're not making the playoffs. Like be you. He said he got his swagger back then and it's carried over to this year. And the dude has made so much money this year has like reinvigorated his entire uh, NFL career. And it has been amazing to watch because he's having fun out there. He's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rasheed White. Like they look dangerous. Like, like they look like they, they could go into Detroit and give them a run for the money. Like just super impressed with Baker all year long. And then tonight to cap it off with over 330 yards passing, super impressive performance. Yeah, and also, you know, look, for, for me, they, they were not afraid, right? They were, they were not afraid to take their shots. They scored on their first four possessions. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, look, who knows what's going to happen? I, a lot of times you fall – sorry, I just hit the screen. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? You fall in love sometimes with the way a team plays on Wild Card Weekend, and then you realize whether well, they're playing on Wild Card Weekend for a reason, right? Yeah. So, but everybody except the one seed now plays on Wild Card Weekend, so that changes a little bit. But, Weird, yeah. Uh, it, it, Baker, if Baker can play like that, I think they have an opportunity in Detroit. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm not. I, I think Detroit should win the game. But I, it was, it was like I, I gave some somebody said, "Oh, I think it's going to be a great year for Baker uh, when the season began." I'm like, "Oh, really? Fourth time's the charm. Like it's his fourth team." I think Baker is perfect for Tampa Bay. Yeah. He goes there yeah. on that one-year contract, heavily loaded with incentives. He absolutely balls out, gets him a win. I think Baker's found a home. Like, I, I think he's found a home there, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Mike Evans in the offseason because yeah. he's going to be someone that I think a lot of teams, Kansas City, might be really interested yes. in when it's all said and done. But, but I yeah. think Baker has found a home in Tampa Bay, and good for him. Okay, the other game well, yeah. that was yeah. – go ahead. Yes, I'm No, it's just just like just yeah. about Baker. Like I just go back to man, they got him on a hometown discount. They got him for $4 million, Trey, and they won a freaking playoff game. Okay, yeah. four, you can't. You he's Cha gonna take it to them in the Austin. Like, bro, I took four million. You guys yeah. better pony up and give me at least forty. Yeah, I was about to say add a zero to that, and that's the base of our discussions. We'll start there. Um, the other game, which was supposed to play on Sunday, was moved because of the storm. Was obviously Pittsburgh uh, taking on the Bills. The Bills look. They they kind of made it much closer than they needed to be. It was a one touchdown, either twenty-one to nothing. It was a one touchdown game in the fourth quarter. But the better team 17. prevailed. They pulled it out. Uh, 31 to 17, the final score. We'll get to Buffalo in a minute, but I want to get your opinion on this because that's a fifth straight playoff loss by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And in those five losses, their last playoff win was in the 2016 divisional round. Then they took on the Patriots game. Yeah, in the AFC Championship the game and got smoked. Oh, no, they beat the Chiefs. Was I, was, I was at that Chiefs game yeah. that year. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, that's five straight playoff losses. And in those playoff losses – They've been outscored by 68 points, negative 68, the Jeez. point differential, which means in those five losses, you're losing by almost 12 points a game. Okay, that, that's sort of where we 11 to 12 points a game is you're it's a double digit loss every time. So the question is in, in Pittsburgh is, OK, uh, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. 
He gets him to the playoffs every year. He's won a Super Bowl, taken him to two Super Bowls, but it's been a while. He has one year left on his contract. Is it a Mike Tomlin issue or is it a quarterback issue? Because I know what my answer is, but I want to get your opinion first. It's a quarterback issue. They've had no one play quarterback. It's not even close to a Mike Tomlin issue. And he knows it too. He walked out of his press conference. I thought that was hilarious. The dude started talking. I'm like, first of all, reporters can be so dumb sometimes. Like, dude, don't ask him about his contract. The second he loses the game, you think he's going to – he just was like, you know what, I'm walking out. Time out. I'm defending my – I'm defending my fellow brethren. By the way, you're part of the media now, so shut up. Um, That's stupid, I'm though. Defending, I, well, no, because you don't know when you're going to see him again. Okay, I Our get it. He's probably. Interview. I get it. He's probably not going to say anything. But I think it's smart to ask the question because if nothing else, what did we get? We got a viral moment of Mike Tomlin walking out of that press conference. How do you think he handled it? How do you think Tomlin handled it? I, I think he could have said, "I won't talk about it," instead of just walking off. But that. Yeah. But tell me. But see. But here's why I like the question. By walking <laughs> off, it tells you that he's pissed off about it, right? Yeah, and now yeah. we know he's pissed off about it. And if well, he hadn't asked yeah. the question, if they hadn't asked the question, we wouldn't know how Mike Tomlin really feels about it. So I there. feel like um, it in has sort face. of been in the media. Yeah, I just, I just, like, wrong time, wrong place. But maybe, I disagree. Maybe I'm still too I completely close to disagree. I, um, I, it's, it's, I get been, why you say what you're yeah. saying, but I disagree. There, there have been some, like, birdies chirping about Tomlin taking maybe like a gap year, like a Sean Payton. Like, well, does he do that? Because then no, if he, he comes, he, there's no way he's going to be the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I just go back, like it's not a Tomlin, like Tom, yeah. Mike Tomlin to me is a top two or three coach in the NFL right now. I agree. Like, the dude is um, every person I've ever talked to that's played there has been like, Tomlin is the absolute best results show it. Absolutely. They have to like, my whole thing with Pittsburgh, and this was my thing with the Jets, you are one quarterback away from being really freaking good. The skill yeah. players, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, uh, uh, Deontay Johnson, Deion Wash, Johnson, Pickens, Johnson De- like Pickens. all these guys, Absolutely. you are one quarterback away like from being really, really, really good. That's my number one thing, Pittsburgh. You've got to figure it out this offseason somehow, some way. Get a quarterback in there. Yeah, the only way I think Mike Tomlin leaves is if somebody – because remember, we have – right now we have eight – we have seven. We had eight because Jared Mayo is now the coach, which is one quarter of the league. We might have two more, which would yeah. be nine, if something happens in Sirianni, something happens in Pittsburgh. I don't think they'll fire him, but if there's a team that is really interested in Mike Tomlin – I don't think the Steelers would would hang up the phone if they wanted to talk about a trade for Mike Tomlin. Yeah, but Mike Tomlin would never. Uh, does Mike Tomlin have to agree to a trade as a head coach? Do you have to agree to it? Because in my opinion, you're not leaving for any of these freaking openings. That's the most absurd. Th- All these teams suck. It's the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers you're talking about, dude. We got to find it out because if they trade it, yeah. I, I think he has to agree to it. There's no way. Like the only team I would want to go to is the Cowboys, which. We don't know. Could Might have an, be an opening. opening there. Could have Might an opening. be an opening there. And the Cowboys. That's it. Like yeah, Steelers, yeah. Cowboys. I don't care. Don't t- Philly. Chargers, no. Atlanta. No. Chargers. Chargers. No. Absolutely not. No I way. I think the Chargers I'm would be Pittsburgh because of Herbert. I would take I, because of Herbert. Like you, look, we just talked about it. Everything is around the quarterback, and that's why yeah. Buffalo is moving on because Josh Allen was a freaking beast. That fifty-two yard run. By the way, a lot of people were saying he did a fake slide. It, on I did too. He looked. It sure I looked like see, it, dude. I did not see a fake slide. What I saw is a guy almost was shuffling so too. steps. Well, Romo, Romo didn't know apparently that Jalen Warren was really good before this Romo's game, which I thought was a curious place, thing. Dude. 
well, Gosh. that's a whole separate discussion. Like, I believe yeah. uh, 90% of Tony Romo is a lot better than 100% of Tony Romo. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. dial it down a little. Like, yeah, I think I he do. said five times in the game, this is the most important play in the game. Then two minutes and later, this is the most important play in the game, Jim. And down. And Nance yeah. talking about him jumping him down after a pick. Of, I'm like, dude, just chill out. Just call the game. Yes. So I, I didn't see it as a, as a fake slide. I did not see it. I thought the Kenny Pickett fake slide at Pittsburgh was way more egregious. Yeah, 100%. Uh, when he played for the University of Pittsburgh, by the way. But now How we have... that run, though? That's cra- that was yeah, wild. It was great. Run, like, it was great. But now we have the matchup that we really want, right? Yeah. I mean, with all due respect the best to the Texans, Texans and the Ravens, I get it. You know, Lamar, awesome. C.J. Stroud, Chef's kiss good, amazing. It's the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. And for the first yeah. time in the postseason, it's in Buffalo, right? It's yeah. in Buffalo. And, and my immediate reaction here is as good as Buffalo is, and I think they can play as well as anybody, they are so beat up right now on defense. Yeah. Like they had yeah. all their backup linebackers they playing. AJ Klein, right? who was a practice squad yeah. playing Mike Linebacker. I'm like And and, and, and where good. where do you think the Chiefs gonna try and get Travis Kelsey going? The middle of the field? Ooh, middle of the field. <laughs> Chiefs are getting look, I don't know what's gonna happen because the Chiefs find a way to shoot themselves in the foot every freaking week. Like let's just be yeah. honest about that. But if they can play clean, I can see them walking out of Buffalo with a win. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, there, there's a couple things that I'm really re- – I mean, this, this out of the four games, to me, is my – like the one I'm looking to and forward to the most. That's why they put it Sunday night, 6.30 I was about to say, that's why it's a Sunday night game. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, and uh, the first thing is – like we didn't really talk about it, but like the Chiefs game to me, the way they played – um, I, I know it was against Tua and the Dolphins, and they're just not good against good teams, but almost sort of sent a message to the league like, dude, okay, we were messing around in the regular season, but we've gotten our stuff together on defense. We finally um, – Little rhythm, little rhythm. Three quarters rhythm. of the targets went to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. Finally, those are your best two players. Randy Reed was like, screw t- throwing the other guys. Like, yeah. they ran Hardman, the ball really Hardman well. Got, Hardman got back, so that's good. They yep. may get uh, – Occasionally drop hands Tony back for. Uh, I, I for thought the run game. game with Isaiah Pacheco yeah. was excellent. I think that when Patrick Mahomes hits the playoffs, the legs of Patrick Mahomes shines. And then you go to the opposite side of the ball. The Bills' defense, in my opinion, is playing the best defense out of anyone the last three or four weeks. You actually go down and break it down. Stuff is not open. It's this like two man quarters coverage look. They're man up underneath, like you said, very banged up. I would imagine that the Chiefs would try to establish the run and then get Travis Kelsey going. Um, But, man, like, talk about the Bills game and give the credit to Josh Allen. More importantly, give the credit to Joe Brady. Joe Brady. I tweeted this out. Josh Allen threw it 30 times. He was 20 of 30, 21 of 30, 200 yards, three touchdowns. He ran for 75 yards and a touchdown. Okay, they threw it 30 times. Joe Brady ran it 34 times for 179 yards. That is the DNA of this team that Sean McDermott wants. Stop putting all the onus on Josh Allen. Let him feel the game out. Let him make his splash plays. I thought Josh played probably his best game all year long. And what do I mean by that? I mean by no turnovers. I mean by there were multiple occasions on third down. He's looking downfield. He starts to scramble. He says, you know what? No, I'm just going to throw it to my back in the flat. Don't get the third down punt. Punt is not a bad thing. I think this Chiefs-Bills game has a chance at being magical on the divisional round. Well, we've certainly seen that before from them in the postseason. A divisional round a couple of years ago, 13 seconds left, and we all know what happened there. 
awesome. I will say this, my favorite thing about this game. Now, there's a million different reasons, but I chose this one. This game is in Buffalo for one very important reason. Kadarius Tony lined up offsides. Like, if he doesn't line up offsides, <laughs> that if he doesn't line up offsides, they oh win God. that game, and they have the tiebreaker because their conference record is way better uh, than the yep. Bills. You're right. So, I mean, like, if, if Kadarius Tony doesn't line up or if the Chiefs find a way to beat the Raiders – uh, at Arrowhead on Christmas Day, which they should have. I mean, Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. How do you lose that game? Because they had two uh, inter- turnovers for touchdowns within seven seconds of each other. But if Kadarius Tony just lines up and get this right there, I tweeted it. Kadarius Tony Dude, just lines up, so just much. lines I, up on side. Oh this game is at Arrowhead, and instead we have Patrick Mahomes playing his first ever road playoff game. He's been a starter since 2018. They've made the playoffs every year. Super Bowls are considered neutral game sites. He's 2-1 and one there. He's 10-2 and two at Arrowhead. We're mm. about to see Patrick Mahomes play his first road game. So what does that mean? Well, Matt Verderame, who does a great job for Sports Illustrated, put up the numbers. In the regular season, with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback, at home, the Chiefs are 36-11. and 11. On the road, with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback, the Kansas City Chiefs are 38-11. and 11. Oh, oh, so he's I'm pretty just, good either way. He's I'm pretty just good. Saying, I'm just saying it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. And oh, by the way, and, playoff and, Patrick is yeah. a thing. In the Super Bowl era, Yes, minimum 10 starts, the highest pass rating in all of postseason play in the Super Bowl era belongs to Patrick Mahomes. But, I, yeah, but yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I just think Patrick Mahomes, I mean, like what you were saying, like I think Patrick Mahomes has, I mean, he played his best game, without a doubt. And like, it's not yeah. even close, yeah. like, they, they and Andy even said it. He, this was the most telling quote trade to me of all of Wild Card Blowout Weekend. Was when Andy Reid after the game asked about Patrick Mahomes, he was like, "They were like, oh, like, did you think you were going to be able to throw it this much? Like, I thought you, everyone thought we were going to come out and run the ball." He said, "Yeah, well, guess what? I have Patrick Mahomes, and not many people, yeah. if anyone, can throw it in negative six degree weather. They came out throwing the dang yeah. ball, and it caught Miami." off balance stuff was wide open all night he got into a rhythm and yeah it's it's pat it's patrick freaking mahomes man like it's just it's it's impressive to watch and you like like they got a lot of stuff because of the chiefs receivers his stats are way better his his drop percentage is way better if the chiefs receivers just catch the ball they caught the ball for the most part against miami so can they yeah. do it in a bigger name environment and i know a lot of people out there are like oh playoff experience doesn't matter this doesn't matter like yeah, both does. of these quarterbacks have a ton of playoff experience like i think this is the four straight trip uh by the bills to the d- divisional round so um man this is this is easily the best game this is what the nfl script writers wanted mahomes going to buffalo let's see what happens baby let's go yeah and of course, the Chiefs won their eighth straight division title. Uh, their sixth straight with Patrick Mahomes, but they had a scare down the stretch of the regular season because, as we said on Christmas Day, they lost that game to the Raiders when Aiden O'Connell again didn't complete a pass after the first quarter, but get those two back-to-back defensive touchdowns seven seconds of each other. And the Raiders actually going into the final few weeks of the season, had they won out and the Chiefs lost out, they would have yeah. been the division champs. Uh, they didn't. They fell short. But it was a really revitalized season for the Raiders, especially after they put Antonio Pierce as their head coach, replacing the fire Josh McDaniels. And we got a chance to talk with all Uber, everything defensive end Max Crosby about all of that. Delighted to be joined now on Chasing It on the 33rd team by a guy who knows nothing but relentless pressure and 100% effort. 
uh, Raider stalwart defensive end Max Crosby. Max, thanks for being with us. I have to ask you first and foremost, you guys came close to making the playoffs and potentially winning the division, fell short down the stretch. Do you even watch or is it too fresh to even watch the playoff games right now? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm a football junkie at the end of the day. I watch every single playoff game um, from start <laughs> to finish. So no matter what, you know, obviously it sucks, um, you know, to watch other teams play in the playoffs, but it gives me even more motivation, you know, going into the offseason. What um what was your favorite game today? Because so or so far, so the first two games were awful. They were blowouts. Let, let's get your thoughts on the Rams Lions game because it was the closest game. Uh, Lions Jared Goff win at home, twenty four twenty three. They get another home playoff game because Dallas lost, got blown out by Green Dallas Bay. What were your thoughts the bid on is what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty bid. much. What were your thoughts on Goff and Stafford, man? It was crazy. Um, got a ton of respect for both of those guys. Um, you know, growing up, I was a Lions fan, so seeing Stafford um, do what he does um, was incredible. You know, obviously they lost, but Matthew Stafford is, in my opinion, a top-five quarterback in this league. You know, he's incredible. I'm a little bit biased, but just the way he, you know, makes throws, like unorthodox throws look so routine is, is something that, you know, I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. You know, people talk about, you know, Mahomes, you know, changing the game with how he throws it. Like, Stafford was, like, the original one to start doing that, I feel like. So, um, yeah, it was an incredible game, obviously. Um, I know Detroit's super excited. It's been 32 years, I believe, since they won a playoff game. Yeah. And, you know, that city's going crazy. Um, and I got a ton of love for Detroit. But, um, yeah, it was an incredible game. You know, Aiden Hutchinson played well. Aaron Donald made some plays. It was just a back-and-forth game. And, um you know, that's what you want to see. You know, at the end of the day, there was a bunch of blowouts, and then that was finally, you know, one of the games yeah. where um, the only I one watched from start to finish. You know, so <laughs> it was it was super entertaining to say the least. Okay, so for people that don't know, you played your college ball in the state of Michigan. So can you sort of explain to us how significant this is? I mean, we can all say, oh, it's been 33 decades. I remember the last game they won in the 1991 postseason when they handled the Dallas Cowboys before they got thrashed in the NFC title game. But, you know, if you're from Michigan, you're over 30 years old. You've never experienced this feeling before. So what is it like for all the guys that have been waiting so long? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't root for the Lions. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't put that out there um i you know I, I definitely you know my cousins and my family you know i got family who are all alliance fans as well and they're all fired up and i just try to get under their skin and you know root for the opposing team all the time just to piss them off but um <laughs> you know, but i know i know the whole state of michigan is fired you know yeah. just it's almost been too much i feel like this year with michigan you know the wolverines getting the national title yeah. now you know uh detroit went in the first playoff game it's like you know, this might be the year um, for the state of Michigan besides the Pistons. So, um, Definitely <laughs> besides the Pistons. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Pistons, Definitely besides man. the Pistons. Yeah. That's yeah, wild. But- hey, so, Max, let's talk about Antonio Pierce, man. Like, uh, First of all, I'm a huge fan of him. You guys were so close to the playoffs, man. It, it just – you could tell, like, like obviously you played for 14 years, and I've been around coaches that you just want to play harder for, that you just want to play tougher for, that just – has the pulse on the locker room. Why do you feel so strongly about Antonio Pierce? Because I know what we do on the, on the outside and chasing it. We're huge Antonio Pierce um, fans. But why do you? What do, what are your thoughts on him, man? Yeah, um, he's he's incredible. You know, from from day one, um, he was straight. You know, straightforward with us. He's like, listen, I got ten weeks. Um, I'm playing with house money, um, and I'm gonna be 100 percent myself. <laughs> um, I want you guys to be 100 percent yourself. 
and uh, we're gonna we're gonna change this thing around. So we literally did that on the drop of a hat. We all bought bought in on what he was preaching, and you just seen the turn. You know, not only you know our offense got better as as the games went on, um, but our defense took a massive leap, and that's a credit to yes. not AP but PG. You know, uh, Pat Graham and just everybody involved. You know, in that process. Um, so just seeing our defense go from one of the, you know, bottom of the league, basically, um, you know, to start the year and ending the year being a top 10 defense is, is crazy. So, um, you know, for me, I've been very vocal about who I want, um, you know, that being AP. Um, and it's for a reason, you know, I've, I've been a part of a lot of turnover, a lot of change. Um, and I want I want to keep building off of what we've done. You know, it wasn't perfect. We went five and four, but we were in every we were in every single game. And um, you know, just to break that up and start from square one again, like you know, that's something that I'm not interested in. I want to keep building off what we're doing because we have something special going. And I know the guys in the locker room feel the exact same way. So if I got to be the bad guy and say a vocal, you know, be public <laughs> about it, then so be it. But I just want yeah. to win. Literally, all that matters. Yeah. One of the Raiders. Listen, you're not being a bad guy. You're just expressing your opinion. And, I, you know, I've known AP. I worked with him on NFL Live for years before he left to go be on Herm Edwards' staff at Arizona State. I texted him right after the first win. Uh, he was so jazzed about it. But here's the real question. Do you think the Raiders organization learns? Because they, they had this similar situation a couple of years ago when you guys were all, you always almost won that game in Cincinnati wildcard weekend. That's when Bisaccia took over for John Gruden after everything that went down. And it felt like Rich had earned the job and he never even had an opportunity. Do you think Mark Davis and company – are understanding that they don't want to make that mistake again, especially if we're talking about this kind of respect from the players. Yeah, no question. You know, no question. You know, for me, um, you know, I've been straight up, you know, I've had my conversations with Mark and, you know, I'm not a front office guy, but at the end of the day, like I'm in the locker room, I'm, I'm a captain. Um, I have a good grip, you know, a good grip on the locker room and in the guys. And I'm, you know, I'm not just speaking for myself and I say this for selfish reasons. I'm, I'm speaking for the, you know, the guys in the locker room and everybody, you know, unanimously wants AP to come back. And um, like I said, I've been here through all those changes from, you know, Gruden, then we, you know, the Basaccia situation. We all want a Basaccia. We love Basaccia too. And he's another guy I feel like should be out there getting interviewed for head coaching jobs if we're being real. And, um, you know, getting another opportunity, usually it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Going through the situation and we had one opportunity. Um, and now that we got another one, um, you know, you can't mess that up. You can't mess it up. And, where we're going is 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 building a uh, you know bringing the right away back you know to Las Vegas and people feel it the fans want it the players want it um, so you just you, you got to do what's right you know what I mean it's not that hard it's right in front of you um, you just got to make the best decision for the organization so that's that's how I feel about it that's awesome I'm glad you're vocal about that because so many times man like players they just don't stand up for what they believe in and and you have an awesome platform for it I'm glad you're doing that now let's talk a little bit about you as a player and the viral clip of you saying little ass boy multiple times <laughs> to Gardner Minshew. And I'm just going to bring it up right now. Look, 2019, your rookie year in London, I played for the Bears. You got a sack on me. And I don't remember all that trash talk when you were a rookie. Did you just finally get into that or something? Because I, I honestly love it. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's, it's funny you brought that up. Um, Literally, when my, you know, my people, my agency came to me and they asked about, you know, do you want to do this interview? Uh, and I was like, who is it with? And they're like, yeah, Trey Wingo and Chase Daniel. I'm like, Chase Daniel is my first career sag. I'm doing it. So, <laughs> I'm your first. Let's go. Hey, Let's never go. forget your first. You never yeah, forget your first. You got a picture? 
Oh right my here. gosh! <laughs> you're, hey, you're welcome. I held onto the ball too long. Yeah. <laughs> I held onto the ball that long. Yeah, yes. Office. Uh, you're in my office for good, and uh, you know, so I had to I had to do that. But yeah, you know, when I was a younger player, like I chirped a little bit here and there, but like I was still just trying to find my way in the league. Yeah, for sure. I was. Somebody just asked me this today. They're like, "Do you like talk? You know, talk to everybody like that or whatever?" I'm like. For me, I usually I'm never the one to start the trash talking. It's always like I'm good, I'm chill, but like if somebody, you know, does something extra after the player, they do something like then I take it all the way and I go way yeah. above and beyond. So that's just kind of how but <laughs> so, and people don't really know that. Yeah. Like I, I love Garner. Like Garner's a competitor. Like I played in my yeah. rookie year. I like every time I see him, like I, I love that he's a competitor. And the whole reason this is what people missed on the whole deal was I knocked him down and I went to go help him up. And he like pulled his hand away. He like pulled it. So you were pissed off. All right, bet. So ever then I just I was ruthless and I was on him the whole game. So that's how that whole deal went down. All right. So so in other words, what you're really telling us here, because your your chirping with Mahomes has become legendary. It all Patrick started it all. He started all Uh, that. Well, I I will say this. Let's go. I will say this. I I definitely poked the bear. You know what I mean. I definitely I met. People, I mess with people and I want them to react. So I always mess with Mahomes. Like, that's something I've always done. But um, when they scored that touchdown, um, he ran behind me and did the same thing. He bumped me in the back when he was running in the end zone after they scored. And I'm like, all right, here we go. So then he's he's got out. some stuff to him, man. He's, yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. he always does that. And you're, you're like I'm the here. first person to be like, I'm no, here. I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, no shot. No, oh, my gosh, bro. That's like, amazing. I love that. When somebody actually has, like, you know, stands up to me and is talking shit back. Like, I love that type of because that's that's who I am at heart. Like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm competitive as hell. Like, if I'm playing 2K or if I'm playing pig in the backyard, like, it's the same thing. So, when I have other guys, you know, playing against other dudes, like, when you see that other side to them, like, I gain respect for them. That's why me and Mahomes, like, we battle, we go, you know, head to head, but it's always, you know, respect at the end of the day. Well, you, you, you battle because you're never off the field. I mean, you had 10 games this season yeah. where you played every single snap on defense. Yep. You've played 95% of the Raiders' defensive snaps, the most of any defensive lineman. Aiden Hutchinson was second with 90. How much pride do you take in that? Um, you know, I take a lot of pride in it. Um, it's, it's a testament to my, my training. You know, I, I train all year round. Um, after the season, like, I, literally, I take a couple weeks. Um, but I'm still locked in. Like, I'm still meal prepping. I'm still recovering every single day. Like, it doesn't stop. And I always am looking to find ways to make myself uncomfortable. So, like, I'm not training just regular, all right, I'm running with the big guys or anything like that. Like, last offseason, I ran with all the skill guys, and I was beating them, like, consistently. And I, I do a lot of different things from boxing to sparring MMA or real, like, professional boxers. Or I went on a 10-mile run last year um, in Miami, one of the hardest things I've ever done, like, just doing different wow. stuff to really put myself in like really uncomfortable situations. That's why, you know, people talk about it on the TV, like talk about the motor and shit like that. Like I truly push myself to the limit all the time. And you know, that's why I'm able to play like that. So if I'm playing 60 snaps, like that's, that's nothing to me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I was, I was going to ask about it because like, so, I mean, that, that's the thing that I noticed on film with you being in the same division as you multiple years is like your relentless motor, right? Like that's what you're known for but also your tenacious competitor. So like, what is, what is an off season training regimen from night 
from morning until night look like were you like you said meal prepping is it massage work is it a lot of cardio work is it strength work like what does that consist of with you yeah um you know first off i got a, a bunch of you know respect to the guys with the raiders you know aj nibel um rick slate um ricky my nutritionist um i, I do everything in-house with the raiders so yep. all my do them all my meal prep i pay for you know i pay for my meals seven days a week so i'm literally oh, wow. everything piled in um all year round so i'm never going into training out of shape i'm already in, i stay in shape all year round so yeah, yeah. um training regimen i'm in there bright and early i'm six to twelve that's six hours of work by noon and i'm home you know, on a daily basis so i'm doing that all off season and it's just like finding that little one percent in every category that i can improve on so for this off season i sat down with all my you know all my team everybody involved with you know my training going into, into this off season and like my main thing is refine. Like I want to refine every little detail. I want to start, you know, from scratch. Um, but how could we build up and how can we find that little bit of improvement in every category so I can take another big leap next year? So um, it starts with surgery. Um, I got surgery next week. I got to get my thumb fixed. I got to get my knee fixed. Um, but it'll just, you know, be a part of the process. I've done it before. Um, two years ago, I had to get my labrum repaired. I had to get, you know, my hand fixed before. So it's just... Yeah. They know what we got going on, um, you know, my, with, with my body. But, um, you know, we, we fit it in. We have a full plan, and it's, it's literally scheduled out on, on yeah. a yearly basis. So um, wow. everything is dialed in from start to finish to recovery to massages. I'm getting three massages a week in the offseason. Like, it's, it's nonstop. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what it is for me. It's every single day. Everything's planned out. Um, I, I just got a, a cold tub and a, and a sauna at the house now. So on the weekends when I'm not in the building in the off season, I still got my recovery at home. So it's just that yeah. little, how can I take that next step? Cause my foundation's huge. Um, but it's just about how can I find that next level to, you know, tap into. Awesome. Well, it's funny because I remember your rookie year when you guys were on hard knocks, it, you went to preseason game and you broke your hand and you're like, I've never broken a bone on my body before. So, <laughs> you know, that was, I remember, I remember that whole thing. That was great. So before I, we appreciate your time and we don't want to keep you too long. So before we let you go, I just want to ask, where you are now is one of the premier rush ends in the NFL. And I think you got jobbed on the all-pro team, by the way, but that's a separate issue entirely. Did you ever think you'd be here after being the 106th pick in the fourth round of the 2019 draft? Um, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, at that time when I was a rookie coming into the league, like I had just turned 21. My mindset was like my mind was in a whole different place. Like I love football. But I didn't understand what it is, you know, what it took to become a professional. Then once I learned how to become a professional, how could I become the best at what I do in this building? A bunch of professionals in this building. Okay, how can I outwork all these guys? So it just was a step-by-step -step basis. And, you know, I never knew what it would take to get to this level. But, like, you know, every single day, like, I'm always trying to outdo myself. So I'm never, like, predicting, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's like, all right how can I take this next step in this area today? And all I worry about is today. And then when tomorrow gets here, I worry about tomorrow. And so like, it's just a gradual build every single day. And that's what leads to the results. I'm never stressing about going to play a game because once I get to game day, I knew I did everything in my power to yeah. be at my best on that day. So it's just, it's the most free feeling in the world. But to answer your question, like, I honestly, I didn't know I would be doing this, but I always had a deep belief in myself as a, as a football player. Um, so it really took discipline and day by day, you know, routine um, to get to where I'm at. And the great thing about it is I know 
I'm still not my best. And that's what pushed me every single day. Well, listen, from the guy that gave you your first sack in Chase to the guy who was the first guy to call your name in the NFL when I did the draft in 2019, <laughs> it, has been, it has been phenomenal to see your success. And, and we hope nothing but uh, great things continue down the road. And thanks for being with us here tonight. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys so much. We'll have to, we'll have to do it again with some more time yeah, for sure. Thanks for we got no problem with that, trust me. Always great to catch up with Max. And again, living proof, you you never forget your first, Chase. Hey, never, that was me. You never that was forget. Me. That was a wild first. story, man. I can't believe it. It was crazy. All right, so so let's talk about the uh, the playoff quarterback situation here. Because in the AFC, it's one, two, three, four, as it should be. And we got all kinds of situations in the NFC. It's Jared Goff taking on Baker Mayfield. And the other one with Tampa Bay, the other one at San Francisco and Brock Purdy taking on Jordan Love. Uh, who, by the way, played amazing in that win over the Cowboys. Like, he looked like the vet. Dap looked like the guy who was playing in his first postseason game. So that's a nice combination of of interesting quarterbacks. Then you go to the AFC, and we got the big boys. We got the big boys out there. No doubt. It's uh, it's super impressive to me with the AFC quarterbacking, and I really wanted to talk about this because, let's see, you got Patrick Mahomes, OG, right? You got Lamar yep, Jackson, absolutely. probably going to win the MVP. And Again, then second you time. got, who else you got? You got CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud and Josh Allen. And Josh Allen. Let's talk about CJ Stroud because we've given Josh Allen his love. CJ Stroud to me, and I went back historically and looked at some of the rookie quarterbacking seasons. He has to be up there with every quarterback that has ever played in their rookie season and just what it's meant to them, what it's meant to the franchise. And the dude is absolutely balling right now. I've never seen, I tweeted this out and it went sort of viral. I've never seen a quarterback um, do what he's done with the arm angle, the arm different platforms, the, the release point, how quick he gets the ball. He didn't do that in college. I tweeted out, it rubbed the Ohio State people the wrong way. I'm telling you, the release point wasn't there. Everything about his arm angle wasn't there. And you put him in a pro-style offense with Bobby Slowick, who, in my opinion, should get one of the seven head coaching jobs that are now open with what he has been able to do. And you put him with that, and you put him under center. You get him in a play action, and you understand what he's good at, and you trust him to make plays. Trey, they called a firecracker post, which is a you roll out to your right. It's a... Firecracker post means that you go to the corner, then back to the post, and on second and 20, most coaches would call a screen. Bobby Slowick calls a shot, touchdown play. Shot after shot after shot. Trust him. And, like, I just wanted my five seconds to just – to give, like, Stroud some love because, look, I break him down every every week on my YouTube channel, and the stuff he does, he makes it look easy. Like, he makes it look easy – and look, on the other side of the spectrum, like I think that game with Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud, like it's going to be a shootout. I think, I think Houston's going to give Baltimore all that they want. But you look at Lamar Jackson, he's balling. We talked about Mahomes, and then we talked about Josh Allen. But the, the thing for me is like CJ Stroud, welcome to the party. Who thought at the beginning of the year, Trey, no that one, you'd have Josh no Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and the fourth quarterback in the divisional round? Would be freaking C.J. Stroud as a rookie. No one. Like, amazing no one. year, dude. Yeah, just, just to put a bow on that, uh, 
C.J. Stroud, quarterback in the Texans. That was the fifth time since 1950 we've had a rookie quarterback start for a team against the number one Jeez. defense statistically in the NFL. He's the first one to win. The Texans are the first one to win with a rookie quarterback. Yep. All the other teams with rookie quarterbacks had been 0-4 since 1950. So kudos to C.J. and the Texans for getting it done. All right, there's going to be a ton of coaching moves. We've touched on it a little bit. Um, Nick Sirianni and Mike McCarthy, losers in the postseason. Do you think – here are the three options. One of them loses their job, both lose their job, neither loses their job. Where, where are you putting your money? One of them loses their job. I'm going to go middle it? ground, and Who I is it? think it's Mike McCarthy. It has to be. Like I, I think look, it I, I wouldn't. Nothing would surprise me with Howie Roseman in Philadelphia. Yep. We talked about this. So, but I think Nick Sirianni deserves an opportunity. Three straight postseasons, this close to winning the the franchise's second Super Bowl. I think he he has an opportunity to try and fix what went wrong this year. You know, it's kind of like Belichick last year. It was a disaster. Okay, we'll give you one more time, one more chance to figure yeah. it out. If you don't, we're moving on. I think he had. I think he deserves an opportunity to come back. I agree. Even though they've been two and six since he yelled on that Monday night game, "Hey, Chiefs <laughs> fans, I don't hear that shit anymore. See ya." I saw that well, tweet, they're still man. playing, bro. They're still oh, playing, oh and you God. are sweating for your job right now. But I do think that yeah. he deserves an opportunity. I, I can't see any scenario in which Mike McCarthy is back. The losses and the way they lose in the postseason continues to be embarrassing. And, you know, his clock management was an issue in the Lions game that led to the controversial two-point All year long. If they All just, year long. If, if they had just thrown it on second and 14 after that second interception at the two-minute drill, guess what? We never have this opportunity to have this confrontation or controversy about the, about the two-point play. So, so here, here's a question. <clears throat> I, we both agree. We both agree. I'm glad you both agree, or you agree with me that Mike McCarthy's probably yeah. going to get fired. Yeah. If he gets fired. Did you hear Greg Olson on Fox? And what he said yes. about Mike McCarthy. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so do you agree with Greg Olson that teams would be running after your head coach, no. Mike McCarthy, if he got fired? Will no. Mike McCarthy coach again next year as a head coach of one of the seven teams? Here's the. I have to answer that in the best way I can. I don't believe anybody will be running for Mike McCarthy, but yeah. because there are so many opportunities and so many openings, I believe he may get another chance. And those are two yeah. different things to me. He may coach again next year, but that doesn't mean people will be running to him. We yeah, saw the I issues. Agree with them on we that. saw the issues in Green Bay with him and Aaron Rodgers, and I think some of those can clearly be pinned on Aaron Rodgers these days because he's become the most unlikable player in the NFL. <laughs> uh, and then you have oh, Mike McCarthy's issues that followed him from Green Bay to Dallas. Now he may very well get another head coaching job, but I do not agree with Greg Olson, that the yeah. teams will be leaping over themselves to get okay. to Mike McCarthy. Yeah, they're going for Belichick. They're going for Harbaugh. Vrabel. They're, going, they're going for Vrabel. To me, Harbaugh, Belichick, obviously, and Vrabel should all get jobs before Mike McCarthy. So to me, that's not the, that's not the definition of somebody Yeah, well, then you got Ben Johnson and Dan Quinn. That's five fields, so where are the other two? Like, that's Correct. what, like, and, and Mike he may be, maybe... And he, and he may be one of them. He yeah. may be one of them, but I do not believe... People are dying to hire Mike McCarthy. He might be, okay, we didn't get this guy. He's available. Let's go get him. That's the way I believe I people will look yeah. at it. Yep. And then we got to get to the tweet that came out during the game today, during the second game. The Atlanta Falcons put up a tweet that we have interviewed Bill Belichick for our head coaching job. Now, I thought it was funny because that's a really <laughs> weird way of saying we are begging you to take the job. We are begging you, Bill, oh to take gosh. our job. Now, you, you got to look at it one way. And say, okay, it's the NFC South. You know, 
Nine and eight won it this year. Eight and nine won it a year ago. It's an eminently winnable division. But what's your quarterback situation? Of all the places where Bill Belichick can go, of all the opportunities, why Atlanta? Sell me on that one. I don't understand. That's that's I, I can't I can't sell you. I, I don't yeah. understand the whole time too. Like even right when he got fired, it was like Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. What's in it? Am I am I missing something other than a winnable division? The Nothing. defense isn't great. They have don't have really. I well, mean, they, they have, have Bijan Robinson. They have Drake London. They 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 have Kyle Pitts. They have some nice pieces. But, but if it, you it doesn't don't matter have if you don't have a quarterback, quarterback. give them the pieces. It Jeez. don't matter. It don't yeah, matter. I, I've never so, understood I that. Um, I, I just that was the, that, that was the thirsty quote of the yeah. playoff weekend of Super Wild Card weekend. That was the thirstiest tweet. It's all for clicks, look, man. Look it's what we've clicks. done. Look what we've done. <laughs> we've interviewed him, so we're I good. Love it. And so, and it was such like a tweet that said, "We have interviewed Bill Belichick." That's it. Yeah. Like no, yeah. nothing else. Like it was just like a one sentence yeah. liner. I'm like, okay. And then of course it goes viral. Yeah. Everyone loves it. You got to imagine. You got to imagine that it's some type of. Um, leverage play on maybe a head coach that Atlanta wants to hire, and then the guy sees it, say someone, but doesn't want the money, and then the guy sees it and is like, oh my gosh, I better, I better accept their terms because they interviewed Bill Belichick, and I'm going to be out of the head coaching job if not. Right. That's all. Yeah, that's where, that's By the way, I, that's a, that's one of the reasons why you tweet it, right? To say, okay, look, we're talking exactly. to you, but. We're we're out there with this guy, so that's I have no problem with the Falcons tweeting it because it feeds yeah. their fan base, right? It gets their fan base oh, excited. I loved it. Is there a Falcons fan base? Like that's kind of a. I mean, like, Let's see. I don't really feel like that's a passionate. Videos. I don't feel like that's a passionate uh, uh, fan base. For fan, yeah, Falcons. I don't agree. They only have two point um, four million followers on Twitter. Come on, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so but I, I understand. I understand why you tweet. Five million views. Okay. Eight point five million. That's why you tweet it. That's yeah. why you tweet it. That's why okay, you there was it. a picture. I, for, I forgot there was a picture. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, that's why you do it. So we'll see what happens. All right, my man. Always good chopping it up with you. And uh, let's uh, get set to enjoy the best weekend of the entire football season. Divisional weekend. Or as, as every announcer is putting it out, the final eight. Clearly the NFL was putting yeah. out a memo. Call it the final eight. Call not the, the division round. We're rebranding it as the final eight. I don't like it. You bet, guys. Like Whatever the Shield wants. That's the way we're going to do it. We'll see you next week.